Welcome to Faith Westwood's online service. My name is Holly Timberlake, and we are just so delighted that you are here with us. If you are attending on the Premier Facebook page, please welcome one another and encourage one another. Today during worship, we will have music, a children's time with Miss Leah, and Pastor Steve will do a conclude the sermon series, Hang On, God's Promises to Get You Through. I hope that this sermon series through Romans 8 has served as an anchor for you during this past eight weeks. Right now, children's ministry, student ministry, and adult ministry are gearing up for discipleship for the fall. We'd like to announce that on Sunday, September 13th, we will kick off a faith group sermon series on um, 2 Corinthians, we'll be looking at this book, Paul for Everyone, on 2 Corinthians. This is written by N.T. Wright, and we will have a sermon series called Be Weak, Be Strong, Be Long. Now, if you would consider um, leading a small group, a faith group this fall, we would love to have you. Um, if we have more leaders, we have more groups, and we can connect more people. We will be having a leader meeting this evening, August 23rd at 7 p.m. at the East Entrance. At that time, you can pick up your materials and get signed up as a leader. If you are not able to attend, you can contact me at holly.timberlake at faithwestwood.com. Now I invite you to take a deep breath and get yourself in a posture to receive and continue in worship.
Good morning, boys and girls. Miss Leah here. Who's ready for another adventure in Romans chapter 8? Looking for the promises of God. Grab your handy-dandy binoculars and let's get going. Do any of you worry about things? I know with all the new things and the changes going on in 2020, it's hard not to worry about things. My mom has always told me that I was a worrier even when I was a child. And that's one of my earliest childhood memories, is worrying about something. But when I worry, sometimes I feel like Jesus is far away from me. Let me show you what I mean. This paper is me and you, and this paper is Jesus. When we don't have any worries, we feel close to Jesus like this. But when we worry, and I asked your parents this week, what were some of the things you're worrying about? And they told me, and so I wrote them down. When we have worries about not having friends in my class, new rules, not seeing family and friends, hanging out with friends might spread the virus, that piles on top. And then more worries, germs from people touching things, monsters under the bed, going to full remote learning, friends getting sick, and more worries of thinking someone is mad at me, or change, or school, or getting or spreading COVID. More worries of someone taking my things, thinking no one likes me, wearing and not wearing masks and what the adults say about it. And more worries about spiders and bugs and losing things, scared to cough or bad people. All of these things pile up and we feel far from Jesus. We feel like he might forget about us that far away. But I have a, a message for you today from Jesus. He wants you to know that... I love you. Jesus wants each one of you to know that he loves you. And let's see if his love can get through all of these worries. There's so many worries that you kids have on your hearts and minds this week. And look at that. Jesus loves you, and he wants you to remember that, that his love can get through all of the worries. And that's God's promise today. Nothing can separate you from his love. All your worries are not big enough to keep Jesus from you. He will never leave you, and I am so glad for that. So this week, talk to your family about your worries. Pray about them together, and then be sure to remind one another that Jesus loves you and that his love can get through all of the worries and that he will never leave you. I'll see you again next week. And next week, we're going to Think 3D. Until then, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's kids said, Amen. I love you and I miss you all so very, very much. Bye. Today's scripture is from Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? 
Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, faith family. Before I get into the message, I want to tell you that during the month of September, Faith Westwood will transition back to worship in, in the building again. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Maybe too long, I don't know. I do second-guess myself about it once in a while, but I also know I've got a, a Lutheran pastor friend, uh, and their church reopened in July, and yet sometimes he wonders if they open too soon. So we're all second-guessing. I guess it goes with the territory. On Tuesday night, September 1st, we'll have a service of hope and healing in the worship center, but it will only be attended by staff. And we're going to gather all of your prayer requests and pray for them and pray for the church as well. That's step one. Step two, uh, Sunday, September 6th, we'll have a practice service in which I'll be inviting just members of the church council and staff parish relations committee and their families and so um, they'll watch the pre-recorded service just like the rest of you at home. And then they'll give us feedback about how to improve our procedures for bringing people in and, and doing all of the movement of stuff. Step three, Sunday morning, September 13th, we plan to have one service at 9 o'clock that's open to everyone. And now this first one will be a, kind of like a practice service also because those who are attending will watch uh, the pre-recorded service, just like everyone at home, except that I'll give the message in person. Now, in the Sundays that follow, we'll add more in-person elements to worship and have fewer pre-recorded ones. So it won't happen all at once. It'll be a transition during the month. And just like everyone else and everything else in the pandemic, it's just it's going to feel weird for a while. You know, wearing masks and distancing and other stuff. And uh, we're preparing a list for you of what you can expect. So that'll help help us in that transition. And my hope, my hope is that even if we have an asymptomatic, contagious person in worship, we'll have taken such thorough precautions that no one who's there will get the virus. I'm hopeful we can make that happen. I'm also hopeful that with the new mask mandate in Douglas County or in Omaha, we'll see the number of infections taper off. I hope so. I'll be watching for that. Another transition you can expect is that our online service 
will change from pre-recorded to live stream. I can't give you a timeline on that yet, but it'll happen. And then one more transition is that at some point, we'll go from one service back to two. Again, the, the timeline is still uh, to be determined. So there you go. Uh, again, your first Sunday opportunity to be in worship in the building will be three weeks from today on September 13th at 9 o'clock. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you for protecting us during the pandemic. Guide us as we plan to open our doors on Sunday mornings again. Give us wisdom and open our hearts and minds today to receive your word and be transformed by your spirit. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. We live in times of great uncertainty, don't we? Omaha went from, yes, we will have a mask mandate, to no, we won't have a mask mandate, to yes, and now we do. Millard High School shifted from planning school every day to every other day for a couple of weeks. I was surprised, like a lot of you, when the Big Ten released a fall football schedule, and within a week, it was gone. And in these times of uncertainty, we ask ourselves, what can we count on? When everything around us is shaking and sinking, what's solid enough to stand on? Today's the final Sunday in our series, Hang On, where we're hanging on to God's promises in Romans chapter 8. If you missed one of those previous, previous services or messages, you can watch and listen whenever you want. And I hope you will, because we need to claim these promises of God. We started with this series claiming the promise that when we belong to Jesus, we do not stand condemned. We are set free. Then we claim the promise that the Holy Spirit gives us a deep assurance, an inner knowing that we are God's cherished children. We claim the promise that our sufferings in this life, as terrible as they can be, will be far outweighed by the glory that awaits us on the day of resurrection. We claim the promise that we are assisted in our prayers by the Holy Spirit, who prays in us and through us according to God's will. Last Sunday we claimed the promise that in all things, God is working for our good when we love Him and align with His purposes. Did you know there were so many promises in just one chapter of the Bible? And today we claim one more. The Apostle Paul sets up that promise by asking a question in verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Say it with me, will you? If God is for us, who can be against us? Let's imagine something like this on a purely human scale. Imagine uh, you're playing in a golf scramble with some other people from your neighborhood. Um, and if you don't know, in a four-player golf scramble, you and three other teammates tee off together, and then you select whichever one of you had the best shot, and you all play your second shot from there. And you do that for every shot. You play the best shot of the four. And in a field full of bogey golfers, you just happen to get PGA Tour champion Jordan Spieth on your team. Who'd have known, right? Five years ago, he won the Masters and the U.S. Open. Does it matter when you slice into the trees? No. Does it matter when you drop your tee shot into the drink? No. Because you've got Jordan Spieth. You can always play his ball. 
Everybody else playing in the, in the scramble is a weekend golfer. If you have Spieth on your team, who can beat you? Now, instead of talking about golf, we're talking about God. If God is for us, who can be against us? When you're on God's side, no matter who attacks you, you're on the winning team. Here's the promise. No enemy attack can stop God from loving you. Paul's circling back to something he told his readers in chapter 5, verse 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means God isn't for you because you're good enough. You're not adopted into God's family because you earned his approval. Grace means God's approval is received, not achieved. I like what Tim Keller says, that, that Christianity is the only identity where our worth is received, not achieved. God is the only person whose opinion, in the end, really matters, and God is for you. And then verse 32 states it another way, this powerful question. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? God has already given, uh, given us the one thing dearest to his heart, his own son. What would he withhold now? Won't he graciously give us all things? The word translated graciously give is the verb form of the noun grace. It's the only time it's used in Romans. You could translate it that God who gave his own son for us will also grace us all things. I, had a pre I heard a preacher say one time that he asked God for a private jet plane. He said he was claiming God's promises that God would give us all things. And one day he got a private jet plane. That's called the prosperity gospel. Don't believe it? That's not what the gospel's about. The problem is that prosperity preachers don't read enough of the Bible. If they read more, they'd see that graciously give us all things is not a promise of worldly riches. The abundant life isn't an easy life. Verse 35 asks, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Any of these things can happen to us. But they are not signs that God has abandoned you. You know this list of circumstances? Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, and sword. These are things Paul went through for announcing the gospel wherever he went. So we could expand the promise from here. No enemy attack, no difficult circumstance can stop God from loving you. By the way, the, the Greek word in verse 35 translated nakedness is gymnotaste, uh, from which we get the word gymnasium. Because in ancient Greece, uh, the, male, the male athletes competed naked in the Olympic Games. I don't know if you knew that. But gymnotase can also mean simply not having enough clothes to stay warm. And that's what, what Paul means here. And that's what happened to Paul at times when he didn't, he didn't have a coat to keep him warm at night. And sword here means death. Which is also what happened to Paul seven or eight years after he wrote this. Uh, early Christian tradition tells us that Paul was executed 
in Rome for proclaiming that Jesus, not Nero, was Lord of all. And since Paul was a Roman citizen, he couldn't be crucified, so he was beheaded with a sword. Now, everybody faces some kinds of trouble and hardship, right? But Jesus' people can expect another layer of suffering. Some people will not like you. Some people will hate you. And some will just think you're weird. But the way I look at it, if I'm going to be weird, I might as well be weird for following Jesus. So, do the circumstances and, uh, of trouble and hardship and persecution and famine and nakedness and danger and sword mean God has given up on you? The answer to that is in verse 37. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That phrase, more than conquerors. I thought about that once in a while. What does that mean? I've seen all three Lord of the Rings movies, uh, more than once, actually. I've read the books, too. The hobbit Frodo and his allies go through all kinds of sufferings and setbacks on their journey to Mordor. Some in their fellowship are killed. At times, all seems lost. But I've seen the movies. I've read the books. I know how the story turns out. In the final climactic scene, in a cave high on Mount Doom, Frodo is attacked once more by Gollum, who's obsessed with the ring and calls it my precious. And Frodo also has to face one last time his own dark desire to possess the ring and be possessed by it. But in the end, the one ring to rule them all is cast down into a river of glowing lava where it is destroyed. And by this, the evil Lord Sauron is defeated. His powers are gone and peace reigns in Middle-earth once more. And though we may suffer in this life, we know how the story turns out. We are more than conquerors. The evil one and the powers of darkness will not only be defeated, they will be removed. The battleground will be cleared of the enemy and peace will reign. And now we come to the grand finale of Romans 8, the last two verses. Imagine it like the bombastic final measures of a symphony full of emotion and triumph forged through pain and tragedy. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul's listing cosmic powers of the universe. Whatever powers in this life that people fear, they are no match for God. Coronavirus cannot stop God from loving you. Losing your job cannot stop God from loving you. The death of your child cannot stop God from loving you. Being forced to move far away from family and friends cannot stop God from loving you. Depression and anxiety cannot stop God from loving you. To summarize, Romans 8, 31 through 39, I put the promise like this. No enemy attack, no difficult circumstance, no external power can stop God from loving me. 
Let's say it out loud together, shall we? No enemy attack, no difficult circumstance, no external power can stop God from loving me. And when God loves you, God puts that love into action. I mentioned one other time that I've taken up a new hobby during the pandemic, bird watching. I now have four feeders set up on our deck. Uh, mostly we attract a lot of house finches, but this past week we had a pair of goldfinches, an oriole, a cardinal, and a northern flicker, which is a kind of woodpecker. Uh, using zip ties, I rigged up two hooks to our deck and hung two of the feeders there, and then I strung cable between those two hooks to hang the other two feeders, and each feeder attracts different kinds of birds, and, and I keep those feeders well supplied. I've even defended these feeders from Rocky Raccoon and Sneaky Squirrel. Do the birds know this? No, they're clueless. Does that stop me from caring for my fine-feathered friends? Not at all. Jesus said, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So maybe the way I care for these birds can help me understand the way my Heavenly Father cares for me. Jesus also said, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your Father's care. And should I fall to the ground, even then I will do so within my Father's watchful care. No enemy attack, no difficult circumstance, no external power can stop God from loving me. Let's say it again. No enemy attack, no difficult circumstance, no external power can stop God from loving me. What's it like to hear those words come out of your mouth? What if you were to wake up and remind yourself of that promise every morning? What if during, during the day and you had times of discouragement, you took hold of that promise by faith? What if every night when you lay your head on the pillow, you would remind yourself of that promise? What would it take for you to believe it, to internalize it? And what would be different in your life if you did? I'd like to close with a time of meditation and, and guided prayer and um, I invite you to close your eyes and imagine yourself sitting outside on a beautiful summer day. You're in the shade and a gentle breeze is blowing and it feels good on your skin. Looking towards some trees, you see several birds playfully fluttering near the branches. Notice how effortlessly they fly. What colors do you notice on these birds? Listen to the song the birds sing. What do you hear? If their song was in words, what do you imagine they would be saying?
If you could speak their language, what would you like to say to the birds right now? Now, imagine that you are one of the birds and God is watching you fly and flutter and sing. What does God say to you to express his love and care for you? Now, Open your heart and let God's love and care flow into your being and fill you. Thank God for loving you so completely, so unwaveringly. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen. No
Are you convinced now that nothing can separate you from the love of God? I hope that you really rest in that this week. We invite you to stop by faithwestwood.com forward slash service. Fill out a connection card where you can give us your prayer requests. We also ask um, that you give to the 2020 vision. And our mission offering this week is for BLESS. If you don't know what bless is, it's a posture that we take to love and serve those that don't have a church family. And we hope that in the future that we will be able to give money to some of those needs that you have for your blessed friends. So don't forget that you are loved by God and nothing can separate you from the love of God. Have a good week.